Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Grayson Weir. Grayson, uh, we'll spare the people with the weather update because it is just dreary and, uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll earn the E really early on in this episode. It's just shitty right now in Nashville. It's pretty bad. Um, but last night, uh, as we record this Tuesday afternoon, Monday evening, college basketball wrapped up, Kansas completed the biggest comeback in national championship history, clawing back from 15 down to defeat the uh, quote unquote little engine that could in North Carolina. So uh, what'd you think of last night's game? It was one of the, I think overall it's the best turn tournament I can remember. Uh, I think probably in my lifetime. So in 25 years on this earth, I can't remember a better overall March Madness and this year's national championship game was just that cherry on top of the cake. I'm definitely bummed that we didn't get to see it play out with Amando Baycott down the stretch. Uh, I don't know if you saw that video where he like went on the play that he re-rolled his ankle. It looked like almost as if the dude like floorboard came up. It was they've really got to stop doing these games on elevated courts. It's so right? stupid. Why? I, how did they not learn their lesson what, what was it? 20, 2013, whatever the vacated national title for Louisville when Kevin Ware's leg almost came off. Yeah, I think it was 13 or 14. I, I mean, like, stop doing like they, they, it's not like there are not enough basketball arenas in the world for them to use. Yeah. I mean, I get it because you want the like the biggest crowd possible and all that yeah. stuff. But and I know, but and I know the NBA season's going on, but I mean, damn, like, you can find an arena to put a basketball court on a on the floor. There's got to be something. I mean, or or put it on the floor in the football. I don't know. But uh, yeah. it just sucks like, for, for a guy like Baycott to go down like that. And, I mean, obviously at that point, Kansas was on their way to victory anyway. I mean, Baycott being in there in that last 50, 52 seconds or whatever it was wouldn't have made a huge difference. But, I mean, it still sucks. And, I'm a huge Brady Manic guy, and I have been since he was a freshman at Oklahoma. So I was definitely bummed for him, but it was a heck of a game to cap off a heck of a tournament. It's it's very nutmeg state of you to call it a tournament. I knew somebody was going to call me out. On, well, I guess you are the somebody, <laughs> but I knew. Yeah, but like, here's the here's my thing. Y'all, everybody else I know says tournament, but do you say the Tour de France? No, you say the Tour de France. Tour de France. You know, like. If, I, if you want to get technical with it, Tour de France. And you're not going to say, uh, I mean, turn Tour de France. It's it's the tournament. It is a tour. Oh, God, uh, I will die. I, mean, I will go to my grave with that one. You know, this is a true, uh, you know, shouts to our boys over at No Laying Up. Uh, this is a true who can say situation. Um, but uh, 
yeah, I mean, I thought the game was 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 fantastic. It was entertaining. Um, I, North Carolina just on all cylinders early on had the free throw advantage. They were hitting shots. Baycott was getting every single rebound. I think it almost came to fruition in the Duke game. The North Carolina, they were just gassed, man. They were playing six guys max. I mean, maybe seven. I mean, I know Puff Johnson came in. Yeah, I know. We gave him some big minutes. And then, yeah, like he got hit in the gut. And then I think it was just that and exhaustion. He just fell on the floor. Um, I, I thought that. Going into it, I figured Kansas would win just because they were the more balanced, the deeper team, and overall just built to win it. Um, but, man, North Carolina gave them a hell of a run. Um, I mean, the final play, you could just see how gassed they were. I mean, Brady Manick lost his footing, and then just – I know that feeling from playing, mm-hmm. you know, either – flag football or men's league basketball when you're just so tired and you lose your footing and you just cannot regain your balance and you just fall down. Um, so that was a bummer. Cause you know, they drew up a play for him to get the final shot. Yep. Um, and he was going to be uh, wide open too. Yeah. It, it was fun though. Egg, Egg Baji is a ton of fun. That was cool. He, he stayed at Kansas senior year, worked hard. Now he's going to be a lottery pick. Christian Brown is, is really fun and really good. He's a guy that probably made himself a lot of money. It still drives me insane that he pronounces his last name Brown. Um, <laughs> Cause I want to say Braun. Um, did you see when he hit the three and then North Carolina took a timeout and I think it was uh, Yeeman Brennan tweeted. And then I noticed it on a replay that he screamed an obscenity, but he said that he looked right at him and and screamed, I mean, we already got the E. We, we can keep going. I screamed, bitch. Um, and I don't know if it was, like, <laughs> intentionally directed <laughs> at Eamon Brennan of The Athletic, but, you know, it was kind of one of those, like, they were very vocal about um, the pundits on television. The writers were saying that they weren't athletic enough to handle North Carolina, and he was very vocal about um, about that after the game. Um, I think the tweet, or maybe it was just a quote, was uh, that's a lot of rings for a team that needs to get more athletic. Um, but, uh, yeah, Bill Self uh, gets another one. Um, I mean, for a tournament that had a ton of ton of parity and a lot of upsets and some crazy stuff happened, a one seed wins it all. So um, entertaining game, nonetheless. Um, for those that remember the last time Kansas won the national title, I mean, just a – I mean, what what can you say about Self and his staff? I mean, they were down 15 at half against a really good North Carolina team. You know, I made the joke about the little engine that could. I mean, this was a team that started two five-stars and uh, I believe two or three four-stars. So, I mean, a starting five that was blue chip across the board. Um, But if you remember back in 2008, they were down nine with two minutes to go and ended Mm -hmm. up forcing overtime and winning that one over Memphis. So, entertaining. one of the better tournaments that I can remember. It was a lot of fun. Um, so much fun. But we go from one tournament to another right now as we record this. The Blues of Man City are taking on Atletico Madrid in the quarters of the Champions League. So that's fun. So uh, if I uh, grunt or, you know, just any kind of noise that might come through the mic, if I'm not muted, I apologize because I'm currently watching City um, try to move on here. Um, all right. 
let's get into it. First topic of discussion. Um, got a couple a uh, couple transfer portal news uh, notes to uh, to get to. First off, uh, Javius McKinnis, the Jackson State forward, announced his commitment on Monday. He will be transferring to Ole Miss. Uh, I don't know how much you've kept up with uh, SWAC college basketball, um, but uh, he's a Mississippi guy, uh, three-time SWAC defensive player of the year. I know it's not the the high major power five big name that people want in the portal. Look, if you're going to be honest with yourself as an Ole Miss fan, I, I was talking to an, a national guy with on three earlier, and I, I was like, look, I, I think Ole Miss is going to have to pick up the scraps from the portal. Um just being honest, I don't think there are going to be a ton of high major prospects that are just itching to play for Kermit Davis because he's walking the plank. It's a, uh, it's a true winner go home situation for Kermit Davis and his staff. And, um, but look, I think he's a solid player. He's not super big physically uh, in terms of uh, length. He's six seven, two twenty five. but um, I mean, a guy that is, a talented rebounder. Um, I believe it was a year ago. He was second in the country in rebounds per game. So somebody that's going to get active on the glass. He's not a super prolific scorer on the offensive end, but average a double double. Um, but again, just a, a good athlete to add to a roster that is having to replace some front court guys. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a good add. Um, I just, it's the continuous cycle for me. I mean, it seems like every single season Kermit brings in a long six, seven two twenty forward who just can't shoot. And yeah. it's a continuous cycle of these guys that you expect to make this immediate impact. And, and now don't get me wrong. My Kenneth is a fantastic player and, you know, the best player in his conference three times, you know, whatever, like, Oh, that's great. But he's a long six, seven forward who can't shoot. And am I wrong for thinking that there's already a long six, seven forward who can't shoot in breakfield on the roster? Like it's the same situation. And it's just a continuous. The definition of insanity is, you know, expecting a different outcome, whatever, but always ending up with the same result. If you keep keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. Yeah. and, And McKinnis is the same. It's the same thing. It's so, it's honestly, and look, I'll probably tickle a lot of Ole Miss basketball fans fancy who uh, hold a certain bald man near and dear to their heart. It was a joke that, that I had with a bunch of buddies back in the AK era where mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Andy Kennedy signed another 6'9 guy. Like he, he, it was like he would he would recruit 6'9 and then if he got to a 6'10 guy, he was like, no, 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 no. I, I like my guy 6'9. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, it's if you if you want to take some solace from this, um, you can read the interview that he had with Ben Garrett of the Ole Spirit, part of On3.com. He told uh, he told Ben Garrett that he had had lengthy conversations with Deshaun Ruffin and Matthew Morrell and Jamin Brakefield that they all three said the same thing. They think he could be the missing piece for them to really take that next step. Now, there's been a lot of talk about Matthew Morrell and the transfer portal. You want to talk about a high major, uh, high major target. Um, there are probably some high major programs that are doing some tampering, trying to talk Mr. Morrell into getting into the portal. Um, obviously, Deshaun Ruffin was 
probably on his way to being a freshman All-SEC selection and then unfortunately hurt his knee. He will be back next season. Um, and then obviously Brakefield, the, the Duke transfer. But I, I look, I maybe I'm being too hard on him. I don't think he's the missing piece. I mean, I think they're going to need probably two or three more pieces, if not more, to yeah. not only take the next step, but to – I mean, the goal is to get to the NCAA tournament. It's it's NCAA tournament or bust. And honestly, I don't know if just getting to the tournament is enough. I mean, what's what's the difference if they make the first four and lose? I mean, you're really not doing anything. And you look at – The first some, four is not the tournament. It's just not the tournament. It's just not. Yeah, I mean, technically it is. But I don't think that that – that can't be your goal. I mean, you can't make the first four and get to Dayton and lose by 12 to, you know, fucking Xavier and then be like, okay, everything's good. Like, no. Like, that's not – you can't set that. That can't be your bar for your program. Absolutely and not. I just – I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Again, I mean, not taking anything away from McKinnis. I mean, he's only playing the competition and competing against competition that has been put in front of him. And he's excelled, and he's been a solid player for Jackson State. So um, that was the addition on the hardwood via the portal. Um, On the football field, um, another – piece that uh looks to be potentially being added to the roster um i don't know the correct pronunciation so forgive me if i uh if i really mess this up but i believe shatan mobley uh, middle tennessee grad transfer um he was offered on monday by Ole miss um new linebackers coach maurice crumb extended the offer as a linebacker um he says that he is getting up to oxford for a visit this weekend um this is interesting because Mobley played running back for Middle Tennessee. Um, <laughs> played both ways in high school at Fulton High School in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, was recruited as a defensive uh, defensive prospect. Got to middle. Eventually was moved to running back. Um, during his career, he ran for 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns. Um, was a all-conference selection as a freshman. Um, I believe back in 2018, he ran for 198 against Western Kentucky in a game. So obviously this is a guy that moves pretty well, six, uh, six, one, six, two, 230 pounds, give or take. Um, so I think this is, you know, kind of this staff maybe trying to go the Mark Robinson route again. Mark Robinson was a running back at South Missouri, came to Ole Miss, sat out a year due to transfer rules. And then in 2021 just blew up, made 91 tackles, three sacks was a bookend linebacker for that defense last year and was a huge part of why Ole Miss won 10 games in the regular season for the first time. So we'll see. Um, A source told me that they expect him to walk on at Ole Miss, barring him getting any kind of scholarship offer. But um, as of now, that has yet to happen. So uh, this weekend could be a formality, and he could be walking on at Ole Miss. Yeah, I think this is a very interesting move. I think the Mark Robinson route is the exact correct comparison, whether it will pan out in the same way or not is obviously to be determined. What I think is most interesting about this is uh, Mobley, and I believe it's it's Shatan. I believe it's Shatan. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm looking at the pronunciation guide here. Okay. Shatan Mobley. Um, but anyway, he tweeted on April 2nd. So he entered the transfer portal, gosh, a minute ago. So January 10th, he entered the transfer portal. It is now... Yeah. April 5th and he is just 
starting. To, I mean, he's got Washington State, I think, was looking at him. Might have been his teammate, but whatever. He entered on January 5th, and it's now April, and he's kind of posting his first, like, real offer. And that comes two days after he tweeted, I'll play linebacker two if that means anything to the coaches following me. Now he's being offered the opportunity to play linebacker at Ole Miss. So I have to wonder, I guess my question mark here, and I know that you and I have talked offline about Mobley and and what he could potentially become and, and kind of where he lacks. But my question mark here is nobody was interested in him as a running back, or at least so it seems, I don't, I don't know what it looks like, you know, behind the scenes, but it seems like, Nobody really wanted him to come in as a running back. And then two days after he tweets, not a desperate move because desperate is, you know, comes with that negative connotation, but perhaps a um, executive decision to open up his opportunities and play a different position that he hasn't played in three or four years, really. And then Ole Miss offers him. So clearly, Ole Miss likes his athleticism. But what does his athleticism turn into playing a position? I mean, fortunately, with a linebacker position, I mean, outside of the middle linebacker as the quarterback of the defense, there really isn't, like, too much that goes into it in terms of, like, a learning curve. You just kind of got to get downhill and make a play. Um, so I'm just curious to see how that transition ends up and if he could even factor into the Ole Miss defense, which as we know, relies heavily on athletes and at the very least Mobley is an athlete. Um, so I'd be curious to see where they use him in that kind of three, two, six, whatever you want to call it scheme. If they use him as maybe just an Ed Rusher with stupid speed, who comes out of the linebacker position and beats a tackle on the edge or if they try to send him in the middle, I, I feel like if you send him up the middle, he's going to get obliterated by some of those bigger guards and centers in the SEC. Um, just a very interesting case study that's going to unfold here. Uh, yeah. Well, and I mean, you look at it, if what I've been told is correct, I mean, a walk-on, it, it, it doesn't cost you anything. Right. Um, so I, to me, it just seems like that Mobley is – wanting to use that final year of eligibility that he was given due to the COVID pandemic. So just a guy that's wanting to get one more go at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned the the three, two, six, and I think that that's exactly what this, what this is. And, you know, Ben Garrett, Jake Thompson have both said as much with going to media availabilities and Kiffin and, and other members of the staff commenting on how they want to get faster at linebacker. They want to continue to add more athletic pieces. And I don't think that is, an indictment on the current roster. I think they just want more athletes to be able to put on the field and to, uh, you know, really stay fresh and to attack. I I thought last year they did a really nice job of, you know, a lot of smoke and mirrors, a lot of window dressing, a lot of movement at the line to confuse offensive linemen. Uh, Mark Robinson was extremely effective. A lot of times using twists with Chance Campbell where they would, uh, they'd run one linebacker, you know, right up the, you know, right off the hip of the center, chew up a blocker, and then Mark Robinson or vice versa, Chance Campbell would come around untouched and uh, would either get to the quarterback for a sack or 
you know, create that pressure to uh, get them out of the pocket and really disrupt the rhythm and timing of everything going on. So I think this is kind of what it is like, Hey, this is a guy that played a lot of running back at the G five level. He can obviously move well for a guy of his size, you know, what's it hurt to bring him in and see what he can do. So um, I think that's simply what it's going to be. So we'll see. He said he's scheduled to visit this weekend. Again, I was told that barring some kind of offer coming in at the last minute, he will walk on at Ole Miss. All right, we're going to take our first break here from the sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk some more recruiting. And uh, another uh, notable visitor that will be in town with Mobley. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all that more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. Show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Barry Grayson, we're with you. All right, another guy that is slated to visit this weekend. On three consensus, four-star edge prospect, Neo Avery. Um, coming off a, a decommitment from Penn State, that was last week on March 27th. Backed off of that pledge to the Nittany Lions. Um, he spoke with on three director of recruiting, Chad Simmons, about it. And... Um, he said it was a tough decision. Um, he said that he and his mom sat down and talked about it. Uh, I don't think Penn State is necessarily out of it at all. Um, he essentially said that the main reason, or I guess the major reason was what he said, was uh, he wanted to decommit because he wants to take visits and he didn't want to disrespect Penn State. So that's a, uh, you know, that's, that's rare um, to get that kind of uh, mature response in a recruitment. Um, so he is going to uh, be in Oxford this weekend. Um, I mean, you want to talk about 
size, speed, and putting athletes on the field in space and a three, two, six. I mean, this is a guy that's six, four and a half, 225 pounds, play a little quarterback in high school. Um, so obviously a really versatile athlete can really move. Um, since the decommitment added offers from USC, Miami, UConn, North Carolina, Louisville, Jackson state, and then uh, Notre Dame, Ohio state, Michigan, Georgia, and Arkansas have also offered him. So uh, the key thing here um, in the talk with Chad Simmons, he mentioned that Kentucky and Ole Miss are the two that have been showing the most interest since he opened things back up. Um, my interest was originally peaked when I saw Lane Kiffin retweeted his decommitment announcement. Um, he's already set up an official visit to Kentucky in June. Um, and I would uh, venture to guess that this weekend when he meets with Kiffin and our defensive line coach, Randall Joyner, they are going to try to get an official visit on the books as well. So um, just your quick assessment, 30,000 foot view of uh, what Neo Avery brings to uh, the table as a prospect. Well, before we get into that, Avery will be on campus this weekend. It is yet to be seen whether he will get in uniform and do the whole thing. But if he does, and if there's anybody out there listening who knows somebody to fix this problem. We've talked about it before. I've talked about it before. I'm going to talk about it again. The 360 camera that all of the recruits are getting in the room with the come to the SIP wall and the part of the SIP wall and the rerun the SIP wall. It's really cool. It's a cool room. It's a fun little piece. I think there are adjustments that could be made to the room, but we, I'm going to leave all that aside. Whoever it is that is in charge of this camera, needs to put some WD-40 on the freaking wheel because the squeaking noise when this camera spins around not only drowns out the music in the background, but it just it could not be more annoying. So if anyone listening knows somebody who to contact over there to get this fixed, I have, I have exhausted my efforts at this point. It's got to stop squeaking. So if Avery gets there this weekend, hopefully the camera does stop squeaking because Avery is a fantastic prospect. I'm extremely high on Neo Avery. I think he's a four-star recruit, perhaps a little bit because of the star inflation that we've seen over the last couple of years. I think he's probably more of like a very high three-star um, who can develop into a really, really solid player. Um, and that's not to knock his talent because I think he's very talented. I think he's just undersized and needs a little bit of development in terms of getting in the weight room, getting bigger, getting stronger and learning how to play in a college system. Um, I love him. He's a two sport guy. He plays basketball um, on a very high AAU level. Uh, he massive wingspan, I believe like 78, 79 inches ran a four, five, four, six, four, six, five, 40, um, perhaps even faster. I've, I think I've seen him clocked when I was looking up, you know, his numbers before we hopped on this, this call here, I was looking at his numbers and I, I saw a couple of varying different reports, but somewhere in the four, six to four, seven range at six, four and a half, 225 is really fast. Um, he's super physical for somebody who, like I said, needs to kind of get stronger and get bigger. Um, but his flexibility and his speed are, are kind of where he makes his money. He, he can dip his shoulder and get around the edge and really just 
blow by some of these sluggish offensive tackles and just wreak havoc um, for these offensive linemen on the next level. Um, again, needs to continue to fill out his frame, needs to continue to add strength, and has to kind of develop his um, not agility, but perhaps his ability to use his hands as a weapon. Um, but if he can do all that, I think he could end up being an NFL draft pick down the road. Yeah, I mean, the the athleticism is obviously on display with playing two sports. And then, as I mentioned earlier, play a little quarterback for good counsel up in Maryland. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is someone that is still trying to find what position he wants to specialize in. Um, I would I would assume I don't know this for a fact, but I would assume that he's being recruited as an edge rusher at Ole Miss, Randall Joyner, Elijah Sandweiss are the two um, staffers that he mentioned um, in terms of recruiting. Uh, so I would imagine that they're looking at him as a edge guy, a guy that, you know, outside linebacker can be on the edge in that two-point stance and, and really get after either a right or a left tackle. But, yeah, I mean, someone that is, you know, bigger than the average high school player and uh, can really move. Um, I mean, the offer sheet is pretty loud. So uh, you look at that and, and who is recruiting him uh, more than others. And it's safe to say that we're not the only ones that have a high opinion of, uh, of Mr. Avery. So he will be in town this weekend. Um, another prospect that will be in town as we are recording this podcast Um 2024 quarterback and I mean come on what a name uh Aaron Noland will be in town um out of Langston Hughes High School in Georgia um the 6'2 190 pound quarterback um already taking visits to Florida Miami UCF and then he was at the Friday Night Lights showcase in Atlanta on threes, Jeremy Johnson was there, saw him, came away extremely impressed with the uh, Southpaw quarterback. Um, I mean, this is a guy that was extremely productive as a sophomore at the high school level, threw for over 2,500 yards and 34 touchdowns for a 13-2 uh, and two Langston Hughes team that lost to Buford High School in the playoffs, which is a powerhouse in Georgia. Um, Billy Napier is personally recruiting this guy. And then uh, Mario Cristobal, another guy that knows a thing or two about recruiting, is uh, trying to get him to come to Miami. Um, but uh, 2024, so um, got some time to make a decision, but another talented prospect that will be on campus in Oxford. I took a quick look at his film last night. A lot to like. Really, uh, in my opinion, a mature game, lower half-wise, moves really well around the pocket, watch some videos of him at that Friday Night Lights showcase and at the Elite 11 that was in Atlanta last weekend. Moves well for a, uh, for a young guy that probably hasn't been thrown into, uh, you know, a professional setting in terms of quarterback coaching. But um, good feet, really uh, free and easy throwing motion. I, I, I've always said I think lefties look good doing almost everything. Um, so unless it is just – you know, Tim Tebow, a lefty throwing a football always looks good, but um, I think he's, he's someone that, that has got a, uh, an impressive skill set. Um, 
as I said, Jeremy Johnson saw him in Atlanta. Um, he said he threw the ball with some pop, had a few long touchdowns with effortless touch. Um, looked good in the intermediate routes as well. He said he has a lot of experience as a two-year starter at Langston Hughes. Um, Arkansas, Louisville, Wake Forest, Indiana have also offered him. And then I mentioned the uh, the three visits in the Sunshine State. So could be someone to keep an eye on for 2024 as uh, Ole Miss will eventually turn their attention to the quarterback position whenever they get their 2023 guy. But um, a lot to like here in Nolan. Yeah. Um, so I believe I just I, – I am new to Air Nolan. Um, his, I believe his real name is Prentice. Yeah, I was going to say his, gov- um, his government name is Prentice. Yeah, which is a really cool name, Prentice Nolan. Uh, Prentice Air Nolan is even cooler. Um, I'm new to him, but like you, I watched his tape. And what I like most about him is I think he's just a raw, effortless athlete. He's just fluid, moves really well. Like you said, for somebody who might not have all of that, um, for lack of a better way of putting it, like technical training, uh, I think he's got a lot to build upon. I think he's still got a long way to go. I mean, he's a young guy, a lot of ball left to play in, in the high school level. And then once he gets to college, but I think there's a lot to like in terms of what there is to build upon. Um, his frame might not be there. You can build on that. He's going to probably gain another half an inch to an inch over the course, maybe even more over the course of the next couple of years. That helps. You're going to put a weight on him once he gets to college. Again, still a really young dude, um, but just really I keep coming back to the word effortless with him. And, and I think that's stuck with me in, in the things that I've read about him and the, and, and the tape that I've watched. He just knows what to do when he just gets to where he needs to be when he needs to be there. He finds the receiver who's open, even if it's not necessarily the easiest or his first read. And so I think, I think there's a lot of potential with a guy like Air Noland. Um, and I think over the course of the next two years, as his recurring cycle continues, he's only going to continue to rise up the recruiting boards all across the country. So I really like what there is with him and getting him on campus early and getting him comfortable with the coaching staff that presumably we'll see some turnover, but maybe not as much as we saw after last year, Um, getting him acclimated to that environment, getting him acclimated to that coaching staff now is obviously a big step for a kid who is over in Georgia, not super close, not super far. Um, We'll likely kind of stay in that Georgia, Florida area as much as he can getting him to venture out to Mississippi this early is definitely a positive and there's nothing for all of the negatives that you can find with a guy like Air Nolan, um, they're all very easily fixable, and he has an incredible amount of potential. All right. As you can see in the episode description, second part of the show is going to be our interview with Grant Furking, the president of NIL University um, on three sports um, all things NIL. Um, so the, uh, 
current Tennessee Volunteers wide receiver. We'll talk with us about anything and everything NIL, what he does with NILU and on three. Um, but I mean, just a, I mean, just a wild, fascinating story that uh, I am very, very excited for you to listen to this one. Um, I mean, just quick bio about Grant. Uh, I mean, someone who um, has been an avid entrepreneur um, since he was a teenager, started his own ground cover solutions company that has grown to be pretty much across the Southeast. Um, I mean, just a really cool story of a guy that started his own landscaping company that now has branches in Atlanta, Nashville, and Charlotte. Um, pretty awesome. But we get into a lot of the weeds of NIL as someone who is not extremely well-versed in it. I think, uh, you, the listener is, uh, I think y'all get a lot out of this. Um, so we talk a good 20 minutes or so about what he's doing and how he's, um, just really passionate in trying to help student athletes navigate this new era of uh, name, image, and likeness safely and successfully. So take our break on the other side. We'll hear from Grant Furking about NILU. So hang tight and we'll hear from him. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 seven, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The sun's are shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Ufi Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Ufi Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. 
and it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. And we are now joined here on Not Committed with the president of NIOU, on three sports and the founder of Metro Straw and G. I'm looking at the Twitter handle here, GT Enterprises. Yes, sir. GT Enterprises. Right? Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Yep. Grant Grant is here with us. Man, I uh, I I crushed that one uh, doing <laughs> this live. But hey, man, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on, Zach. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's just jump into it. Um, we were talking just briefly before we started about how crazy it is and um, it's ever evolving, constantly changing. I, I saw today that Will Levis has signed an NIL deal with a horse. Um, it is, <laughs> it's fascinating. It's, it's, I continue to see this evolve and grow and it's, it's wild to me, but as the president of NILU and someone that has immersed yourself into this, new era of college football and college sports what's your i guess initial takeaway or what what do you what do you what's your elevator pitch to someone who asks you about nil no doubt and and you kind of hit on a lot of points that you know my view on nil was you know really on july 1 when it started uh it's it's been unique to kind of be in this position and and kind of be involved in um, the NL, NIL side of things of the industry, um, while also being a, a current student athlete here at Tennessee. And uh, it, like even today, as we sit here um, on April 6th, like it's still the Wild West. It's even crazier than it was on July 1, 2021. Um, but, you know, you know when, when NIL kind of kicked off on July 1st, you know, as a current student athlete, you know, we're sitting there like, man, we can actually make money off our name, image, and likeness, but no one really knew what that meant. And so, you know, sharing a locker room with a lot of guys, everyone kind of had ideas of, you know, maybe I can partner with, 
you know, the, the local pizza shop in my hometown, or I can go partner with, you know, a, a company or brand in Knoxville or Athens or Gaines, wherever it is. Um, but, you know, as, as kind of time went on and everyone realized that the NCAA, you know, didn't really put a lot of regulation um, out there and, you know, they had just gotten hammered in court, their, their perception by the public um, wasn't strong, still isn't strong. It's just kind of evolved into a bunch of, um, you know, athletic departments, companies, brands, collectives, um, all just kind of, you know, following one another. And, and it really took, you know, one or two to go out there on a limb and say, hey, you know, we're going to gamble ourselves here and say, you know, here's where we're going to position ourselves and hope the NCA doesn't, you know, come in and, and, you know, look into this and put reg uh, regulation in, or, you know, Congress isn't going to do anything. And so now we're sitting here with, you know, 30 plus collectives at every school that are just pouring huge sums of money, you know, into these athletes from various sports um, in a variety of ways for what they're doing in return. And so, it, it, you know, in the last nine months, it's turned to, you know, a bunch of guys posting on Instagram and Twitter, their DMS are open for deals, looking for, you know, quick, you know, two, three, 400 bucks, maybe a thousand bucks to, you know, kids getting, you know, six, seven figures worth of money, um, you know, to, to do these deals, you know, some of which aren't even in college yet. And so we've just kind of seen this, this whole, you know, era transform to, you know, what it is today. And, you know, it hasn't necessarily been one monumental moment that kind of shifted at all since July one, it's really just been a bunch of, you know, fans and, and donors and supporters of schools, along with brands and in, in kind of each college town um, that really stepped up and just said, Hey, if we're going to compete at this level, and we want to win right away, you know, we got to keep up. And so that's how we are today. And, you know, we're sitting here with all these collectives just pouring, you know, millions and millions of dollars into this war chest to go and give to their athletes. I don't want to pour water on it immediately. And I guess I'm, I'm literally doing that as this is my first follow-up question, but <laughs> what do you think is the biggest obstacle with NIL and not only for young athletes to understand it, but for, you mentioned these collectives and, mm -hmm. you know, fan bases and, and programs. And, you know, as someone who covers a university and, and their athletics, that is not in a big metro area. It's a smaller fan base. You know, the undergrad um, enrollment number is not as big as some of these other schools. Um, what do you find in your discussions with people dealing with NIL? What, what's the biggest obstacle? Would it be on the university side of getting a collective in order, getting people to all pull in the right direction? Or do you think it's more on the prospect and the recruit and the player side of actually understanding it you know i think i think it looks different you know everywhere you look and you know i'm traveling the country right now on a, on a kind of a speaking tour sharing my story of being an entrepreneur current student athlete nil and kind of doing education with that and and while i'm out there i get a good feel you know with talking with the head coach with the ad and kind of you know people around the town on you know how they kind of view this and what's their path forward to you know keeping up and competing like in anything like now with the transfer rule like that this is affecting it recruiting is affecting it so how do you keep up like you've had to done the last you know two three decades with having to build the next best indoor and the next best facility and doing stadium upgrades and you know and showing prospects or new dorms you just like 
all that stuff that's there now, this is just a new element. And so when you go to different schools, you know, you, you, it's, it's not really a one size fits all, you know, in some of these towns, you know, you have a, a huge donor base, you know, with a huge endowment and, you know, they've been given millions and millions of dollars to the athletic department to, you know, to whatever their fund is for years. And now they're just giving supplemental money to, you know, whatever this, whatever this, you know, collective is in the town, other schools, you know, you might have, you know, one huge, you know, business or brand or one, one singular supporter that's willing to give a, a huge sum of money, you know, to, to a variety of purposes. And so, you know, I don't think NIL needs to be completely um, directed uh, like by the collectives and they have to basically pave the way for everything to happen. You know, obviously when you're able to go out and flash around, you know, huge sums of money, you know, that's enticing to, you know, providing opportunity at whatever school that is. But, you know, I don't think that just because a school isn't able to put together 10, 15, $20 million a year in a collective that they're necessarily falling behind. I mean, a lot of athletes can go to a school and make a boatload of money off of, you know, national brands. I've seen, you know, tons and tons of athletes, you know, making huge sums of money and the person, you know, supporting it and, and giving them that deal isn't a supporter of that school, isn't, you know, alumni of, of that school. It's, you know, their platform, their brand as that athlete, you know, the hundreds of thousands of followers, you know, the, the you know, immense TV time and, and PR that they're bringing to a brand and have the opportunity to bring onto a brand, whether it be, you know, Chick-fil-A, Delta Airlines, McDonald's, like some of these big brands are now starting to step into the space because they know the following and the platform that some of these athletes have is bigger than the traditional, you know, marketing and advertising methods that they've been pouring millions of dollars into for years. And so a lot of it in turn won't necessarily fall on the athletic department or, you know, the head coach necessarily has to worry as long as they recruit at a high level and, you know, their current roster and guys that they bring in, you know, are producing and have huge brands and have huge followings, like they're going to bring attention to the program just because who that individual is. And, and it's not necessarily taking just these collectives to come together and, you know, just pull all this money in to then, you know, dish it out to football, basketball, baseball. And, and we've seen that. I mean, we've, you know, you see like the Cavender twins out at Fresno state, Fresno state doesn't have a huge following. They're not a power five school, but, you know, Haley and Hannah have made, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars since July one because of who their brand is. It doesn't have anything to do with Fresno state, but like they've built that. And in turn, it's brought a ton of PR and recognition to Fresno state women's basketball. And, you know, you could see Paige uh, Becker's up at UConn, you know, they're not, you know, some powerhouse in, in football and, you know, not some massive, massive brand. Like they're known for, for women's basketball in the last five, 10 years. And she's created a huge brand. She has a million followers on social media. And if you look at it, it's just covered in deals on her Instagram and Twitter. And so a lot of it falls on the individual that, you know, once these individuals at these schools realize whether it's an incoming freshman, whether it's a transfer, whether it's someone that's just on the current roster, you know, you can help the school a lot out by working on your brand and in turns, deals are going to come to you. And then that's not necessarily a, a thing that's going to happen to everyone. There's gonna be a lot of players that deals come to them because of who they are and what they do. There's gonna be a lot of athletes out there that have to go out and find deals and opportunities that don't necessarily have the huge brand. Maybe they're a walk-on, whatever their situation is. And then there might be some out there that, you know, want to start a, 
a, a business, like kind of like I've done while I've been a student athlete. And now they can go and provide opportunities to their fellow teammates, you know, once they get on campus. And so, you know, this, this whole era is, is kind of, I think being overshadowed by, you know, this whole story of, you know, collectives, you know, and the, these kind of war chests in each town and in the whole sense of making NIL sustainable long-term is just going to be the traditional marketing, you know, influencer advertising, um, you know, ability that athletes have always had the ability to go do, but now they're able to go do it, you know, legally now with the legislation and uh, NCAA put in place. Talking here on Not Committed with Grant Ferking, president of NILU with On3 Sports. And so you, you brought up a great point there, and I was actually – that was my next question, but you kind of started discussing it already. When NIL started, I initially thought, okay, really talented athletes who are really good at a sport will have ample opportunities. And I think that's absolutely the case. But I also thought, hmm, that walk-on or that, that long snapper or the dude at the end of the bench on the basketball team that may not get the minutes or may not have all the stats – but it's just very social media savvy, has their own brand, is very clever. Um, they will have opportunities as well. And this might just be a case-by-case basis, and it's really impossible to probably accurately answer this question because there's so many student-athletes all over the country. But is there a – which way do the scales tip there, in your opinion, when going across the country? Is it more of the high-profile athlete or is it – more of who is just really good at promoting their brand or building their brand. Yeah. And, and look, I think everybody out there hears about and sees the, you know, the, the big time deals and, and, you know, they recognize the name associated with it because that's the name they see, you know, on Twitter every day and they see rolling across the ESPN ticker. You know, I have, I have teammates that share a locker room with me that, you know, maybe not having even played a snap, or a walk on and they've made more money than scholarship guys, you know, here at Tennessee, because, you know, they've gone on offense and they've, you know, gone to local stores, they've gone to their hometown, you know, they might be big into hunting or fishing. And so they've gone after hunting and fishing brands. And, you know, some of these brands don't even know what NIL is, but the, the, the moment a, a power five athlete comes in and said, Hey man, I'd love to, to rep your brand, do social media posts. Can you just give me some free, you know, product or gift cards or, you know, cash for this? They're like, Absolutely. Like, that'd be awesome to have, you know, a, a Tennessee Vol football player, you know, posting all this stuff or, you know, a, a, an Ole Miss athlete, but like that's big time for them and stuff that they've never, never been able to do. But also like, that's why I go across the country sharing my story too, because, you know, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 15. When I came to Knoxville in 2017, I still had this business. I grew it and I grew it and I grew it and I grew it. But, you know, I, I haven't played a ton of snaps. You know, I haven't been you know, SEC player of the week and, you know, on all these watch lists, but I've just used my brand, which I took on as, you know, an entrepreneur doubling as a student athlete and was able to leverage and, and kind of grow who I am and, and kind of use, you know, the backbone of, of, you know, Tennessee and, you know, being in Knoxville to kind of elevate that. And so that's why, you know, it kind of looks different everywhere else is, you know, every student athlete, I don't care, it's golf, equestrian, tennis, football, basketball, baseball, you know, men's, women's, division one, two, or three, every athlete 
has ample opportunity to go out there and, you know, find deals and opportunities that fit who they are. Like these NIL deals aren't a one size fit all. And I tell that to exactly. It's like, you don't need to go start comparing deals and opportunities with, with, you know, fellow teammates of yours in the locker room. Like not, not everything that you do every day and are about and like, and buy and purchase is the same as the, the person sitting next to you in the locker room. Like make a plan that fits you, that fits your hobbies and your likes and your desires you know, maybe it might be the restaurants that you've eaten at for the last five years. Maybe it's the the store in your your college town or hometown that you've shopped at. And go to them and been like, I've been your biggest supporter for years. Now let me help you out and give you this huge following. Heck, if, if like I'm an avid you know supporter of young entrepreneurship, go out and start a business like something that you've been passionate about. I guarantee you, you know what any any you know fan base in the SEC. If there's an athlete that started a business and started promoting it all over their social media, you know, these fan bases would jump at the bit to go and support it. Whether they like the product that they were selling or not, they just want to support these student athletes. And, and you know, I could ramble on and on about entrepreneurship and stuff, but at the, at the core of it, you know, in this new era, if you think of it in the sense of every single one of these athletes now is an entrepreneur, they are owning their own personal brand, but like their brand is their company. And it's, you know, their job to go out and market it and, and sell it, whether how it's they perform on the field, how they're acting on a Friday and Saturday night, you know, what they're doing in the community, how they're handling business in the classroom. Like it's a holistic development that they're going out and developing and selling this brand each and every day. And sure, there's going to be some times where, where opportunities come to you just because of who you are and what you do. Also, while you're developing this brand, you're going to make yourself an attractive sell to go out and find opportunities when you need to go get them yourself. So, you know, I say all that to say, you know, I've seen it, you know, a bunch of different ways. I've gone to, you know, big time SEC schools, ACC, Big Ten. I've gone to, you know, not even power five schools. And I've seen so many athletes on various ends of the spectrum have huge success so far in this era. And none of their stories and journeys even look the same. The one thing that that I initially thought would be not an issue, but, you know, something that would need to be addressed as everything starts to really develop and we're, you know, fleshing everything out. But I've heard it on several podcasts where people have brought up the concern of the financial side of things. And Mm -hmm. um, man, I, I know when I was in college, my last concern was, man, I need to really stay on top of this so I can uh, file my taxes and, and, and all of that. But um, for these student athletes that are that are getting these big deals and are making a lot of money, is is that something I, I'm sure this is I'm sure I'm answering my own question here. But is that something that that is brought up when you're doing these these visits to different campuses and the the importance of of being financially sound and smart. And, you know, I, I don't know if it, you go as far as get an accountant to handle everything yeah. for you. I mean, that is probably something that is brought up in the discussions when getting these deals. But I think that's something that a lot of people are concerned with because, you know, these, at the end of the day, I mean, they're teenagers and, Absolutely. you know, it, it's it, it, as a, as a 30 something year old adult with, with two kids. I mean, I try to stay on top of that as much as I can, but for someone, you know, that's just, Hey, I'm here to go to school and, and play a sport. And then I'm also going to make this money. Is that something that is brought up when you're having these discussions? Absolutely. And, you know, the tax conversation is a conversation I've been having even more recently because of what's coming up. But like a lot of these athletes at these big time schools, 
and, it, and you know, it varies from school to school, but like a lot of these scholarship athletes, you know, they've been making, you know, uh, you know, room and board and cost of attendance, and they've been making, you know, hundreds of dollars for years now. And so, you know, I've seen it firsthand of how some of, you know, my teammates handle their money. I've tried to educate them. Some didn't even have bank accounts. They would go and just cash these checks and, you know, just carry around a lot of cash. And I'd see them spending it, you know, differently on Friday and Saturday nights. And, you know, then, then they'd be in a different situation the next week, you know, than some other guys that were smarter about their money. And, you know, those same guys are guys that are now in position to make, you know, big time money in NIL. And, you know, the, the crazy thing is, is, you know, uh, there's so it's so important, you know, in this new era, when you talk about the financial side, and like how these deals go down, they look different kind of in varying degrees by, you know, what the scope of the deal looks like. Some of them are, you know, product merchandise, it, cash isn't even involved. And, you know, you still got to disclose those to the university and, you know, that sales be filed with the NCAA. Some of them involve, you know, a, a, a check or a wire of, hundred thousand dollars. Some of them are as simple as cash or, you know, Venmo or a cash app. And, you know, you have to disclose all those deals, you know, the, the amount of money that the deal was worth, you know, how the, the, what the payment method was, what was given in return for the deal and for the cash or, you know, the free product or merchandise, um, you know, letting these kids know that, you know, you might, you know, go to the, the local pizza shop or go to the local deli after the bar one night at 2 a.m. and, you know, the, the owner might know you and say, hey, man, here's $100 in free food. Or he might say, hey, if you can just post our picture real quick, here's $200 cash. Like that has to be disclosed. And that business, that's going to be on their books at the end of the year. And so that athlete has to remember, you know, I just did a deal. I got to go home on a Friday night at 2 a.m. Or, or a Saturday at, at, at midnight and go and I got to disclose this deal because, you know, there's a tax bill coming into the, the year. Another big conversation that we've I've had to have is, you know, some of these kids are, are early in, enrolling, 17, 18, 19 years old, you know, they're freshman, sophomore year, some of them are still dependent on their parents' taxes. And so, you know, maybe they didn't tell mom and dad, you know, what deals they did. Well, mom and dad are going to be responsible for that tax bill at the end of the year, you know, depending on how much money that you made, you know, whether it was some big, you know, news media article, so they know how much it was worth, or it was them just racking up $10,000 in, in Venmos from, you know, local companies, and, you know, they wouldn't spend all that money. Well, you know, where's the money saved up? They got to pay that tax bill with. And so, you know, it's, it's been so important, uh, you know, with NILU and as, as we continue to build curriculum and we have this platform that, you know, the athletic department, the institution can only do so much in this era, you know, per the NCA. So, you know, they, they count on these third parties, whether it's influence or open doors, Altius, we're uniquely positioned here at on three because we're a media company and we have outreach to anyone. Athletic departments don't necessarily have to come and contract with us and we provide service, you know, everyone's available to our resources, whether you're a coach, athlete, fan, brand, you know, just by going on three.com. Um, and so as we build that, you know, we're letting athletes know what the reality is. And so they're not, you know, caught with any surprises, you know, when tax season rolls around, they're not caught with any surprises, you know, when, when something happens contractually with the deal they did, you know, I want to be there for them and let them know that, you know, I, I can help you through this era with my business backing. And, and at the same time, I'm doing it because I'm a current student athlete and I'm going through this era with you and see the reality of it. Um, you know, but, but don't want to see anyone get burnt or see, you know, a deal gone bad. And, uh, you know, that's why I think we're, we're just so uniquely positioned here at on three and at the NILU 
um, to be able to help the student athlete in such a unique sense um, that's not coming from, you know, the institution or athletic department where we're here as a media company that they can access on social media, online, um, and, and kind of being led by someone who's going through the air with it and kind of goes through the day-to-day with it too. I don't know if this is something that that you deal with or you've had discussions with with people um, about this, but a lot has been made about NIL deals and being used as a way to recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know like Jimbo Fisher, uh, you know, went after Lane Kiffin um, around uh, signing day about, you know, insinuating that they recruited so well because – well, they had these NIL deals that are waiting for guys that sign with them. Um, and, and not just, you know, it's everybody. I mean, it's hard to really keep tabs on every single university because there's so many and it's just a lot to ask for, for people to have to deal with that. But do you think that that's like an actual thing that could become a problem in the future? And I know that it's a tough question to ask because people don't want to really get into the finger pointing and, oh, well, you know, that the only reason you got so-and-so is because of this NIL deal with, you know, X company. But is, yeah. is that a concern for you at NILU and for others that are involved with NIL? You know, not necessarily. And, and, and you know, kind of the reason, you know, that I kind of mentioned even before I jumped on this podcast, see that I said it's the Wild West is, you know, not everyone's necessarily on a level playing ground when it comes to NIL. Like, you're a California. And I think this is, I mean, just, you know, not to, not to just bring up the elephant in the room, but I mean, like take Nico, right. I mean, he just committed to Tennessee um, and, and there were headlines all over the place. There were headlines all over, you know, with Texas A&M was signing that class. Um, you know, Nico is a California kid. So he's able to, you know, work NIL deals in high school right? That's not the same a lot of other places in the, in the country, right? But he, being a California kid, is able to accept NIL deals in high school, whether that was a school, you know, whether it was, you know, Washington, Arizona, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Ole Miss, Kansas, wherever it was. Like, you know, if, if a business that happens to like any of those universities or has alumni from there is a collective, not, they're not affiliated with the university, but, you know, they're fans of that university, they're alumni, if they want to put together a deal for that kid and have them do something in return, they're welcome to, you know, it's hard to sit there and say, is this a recruiting inducement? Because, you know, that can be avoided by just having really fancy and, 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 and smartly negotiated contracts and and being really good with your words say, you know, here's the opportunities that guys on our team have done in the past. You know, here's kind of our portfolio of a collective and, and saying, you know, guys on our team, you know, that, you know, had really good seasons, um, had really good followings on social media and the athletes sitting there being like, man, I have a really good following. You know, I think I could really go there and ball out. You know, he made X amount of money and that recruits like, man. So if I come to X school and, you know, a, a guy that, you know, has X amount of followers, well, I have more followers than him. You know, I think I can go there and, you know, have more success than this guy, whatever it is, a storyline, you know, you might not be saying, Hey, when you come here, here's what you're going to get. But that athlete can can know pretty sure that if I come here and I just do the things that I'm supposed to do, I'm going to make this money. And, um, you know, it, it, this whole thing, you know, you can get to the finger pointing and saying, here's how it works or not. Um, but like you saw it with, with Quinn Ewers, right? Like he went up to Ohio State for the sole purpose of NIL and be able to work those deals. 
stuff didn't really work out. And, you know, he's back down in Texas. now. And, um, you know, look, you talk about you know, recruiting inducement and, and, you know, is this stuff going on? I think everyone is just kind of um, making a bigger deal of it now because it's overly publicized, like nothing that's going on right now in college football and basketball um, isn't anything that wasn't going on for decades and decades and decades. Right. Um, but now it's overly publicized. And so I think that just kind of spooks some people out, whether that's institutions, whether that's, you know, fans, whether that's coaches. Um, and I think, you know, I think the whole thing, the whole market, you know, even though it's so skewed right now, I think it'll end up working itself out. You know, it obviously just takes some time, but you know, it is the wild west right now. And, you know, when you only have a couple states that can have kids to work, you know, deals in high school, and then you have, you know, 46 other states that have, you know, varying degrees of legislation, you know, all it takes is, you know, for the head ball coach or someone important in that state to go to the state legislators and be like, Hey, if we want to compete in football, we gotta, we gotta, you know, ramp up and, you know, be on a level playing field. So, you know, it, it is wild right now. And, you know, I think it'll still be wild here for the next little bit. I don't think there's going to be any, you know, huge revolutionary changes coming in, you know, the, the next few weeks or months, but, you know, I think at the same time, you know, a lot of schools, not necessarily the institution, but supporters of schools are going to have to huddle up and be like, look, if we want to compete at this level, you know, it, it might necessarily not always now be about having the biggest stadium and, and the best facility and, you know, the, the greatest student athlete development center and all that stuff. Like a lot of this stuff is going to revolve around opportunities that directly benefit the individual student athlete. And um, that's going to take local businesses. That's going to take supporters of schools that have national brands to say, you know, what can we do? How can we leverage this athlete and their brand, you know, and what can they do for us and how can we in turn support them um, to be sure that we're staying competitive? And, uh, you know, NIOU, you know, I don't want to just see, you know, just boatloads of money going to an athlete for nothing. You know, I want to see, you know, athletes, you know, using this era now um, to holistically, you know, develop life skills that, that, you know, they might learn, you know, four or five years after college are now doing it when they're 18, 19, 20 years old, you know, working these deals, working with, you know, brands and, and collecting money and negotiating contracts and handling their business off the field because they now know that, you know, they're representing a company that has a huge following. So they can't do something stupid on the weekends now. And, and how do they become, a, you know, a, the best leader they can and, and all the things that, you know, just come about when someone's paying you to do something and, and you know, all the, the spotlights are on you now. And how do you sustain that to be sure that, that, you know, you're living a sustainable lifestyle so you're attractive, whether you're going to meet with NFL scouts or you're going and looking for a job when school's done. Um, and so kind of, that's what I'm trying to do while we kind of navigate this, this era when there's not much, you know, red tape and, reg uh, and legislation and you're just kind of, you know, watching it change daily. Talking with Grant Ferking here of NILU with On3 Sports. Again, man, thanks for your time. You're incredibly busy. Um, as we kind of close up shop here, I, I do want to transition. Um, speaking to your schedule and how busy you are, um, how does everything change for you now with, you know, I, I really buried the lead here, and you mentioned it earlier, but still a student athlete, still on the football team at Tennessee. Um, I know you were hitting the road heavy early on um, with spring practice going on and the fall will be here before we know it. How does your role with NILU change? Is it more of, you know, video calls, conference calls, doing everything, you know, via, you know, digital media, 
from Knoxville or are you still getting out on the road and and traveling and talking to people when you can? Yeah, no doubt. You know, I've, it's, you know, it's, this is going on my sixth year now here at, uh, at Tennessee. I, uh, you know, I've already graduated at the degree in supply team in grad school now. Um, you know, I've, I came in in 2017 under Butch Jones as he was through, uh, you know, coach Pruitt. Now I'm here, uh, with coach Heupel. And, and, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I started my first business down in Atlanta and I was, tw- when I was, uh, 15 years old in 2015. Um, and so, you know, my whole time while I've been in, in, uh, you know, college up here in Knoxville, you know, a couple hundred miles away from home, you know, I've been running, you know, a, a business virtually. And now we've, you know, expand, we have a branch in Birmingham, Charlotte and Nashville now. So, you know, I've, I've built this, you know, monster of a business while being, you know, a couple hundred miles away in Knoxville. And, uh, you know, so when I did that and I started GTF enterprises to kind of help consult and, 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 you know, find deals for Tennessee student athletes. And then eventually, um, you know, when Shannon, um, uh, brought me on to kind of lead this initiative for, for on three, um, you know, my schedule's always kind of looked a little different, you know, sometimes I can't make things with football because, you know, I have, I have business commitments and sometimes I can't make a lot of, of work stuff because I have football commitments. Um, but, you know, our biggest thing here at NILU is that, you know, all these student athletes have guest speakers and, and people that come talk to them all the time. And, you know, they're kind of a resource there for them, but it's very rare when you go and sit in these team rooms or, you know, go into the locker room at these schools that I visit that, you know, you can connect with these athletes on a certain level of, of being a current, like I am leaving, flying out of here and I will be at spring practice tomorrow while I'm sitting there visiting, you know, on their off day and my off day. Right. Um, but I'm speaking to you about the same things that you've heard, you know, dozens and dozens, dozens of speakers that are 30, 40, 50 years old, come and talk to you about for years, I can connect with you different. And so, you know, that's why, you know, I do a lot of video calls. I do it for, for one of my companies starting in Atlanta. I've, you know, I do it a lot with on three, I'm on the road. I, I go to Nashville a lot to, um, you know, the on three office and, and, you know, have a lot of meetings there. But um, my biggest thing is, is, you know, being an entrepreneur, but, but a student athlete, and I've said that so many times, but I say it because at NIL, we are different than a lot of the other players in the NIL space, because we have someone that can directly connect with the athlete and understand the needs of today's athlete, advise a student athlete on a different level than someone that, you know, A, isn't playing right now or, or, or never played or B, you know, you know, played years ago, kind of understand the, the what college athletics is like, but you know, isn't living relatively close or, or know things relatively close to what this era is like now of college football and college athletics. So um, that's why, you know, I try to get on the road as much as I can, connect with athletes, talk with athletes, um, schools bring me in, um, but basically just to let them know that, you know, they have a resource, you know, in on three and NILU and, and myself that, you know, they can go to with questions, ideas, consult me, consult us on, you know, what direction they need to take on things, how they should handle things. Um, and I, that's why I think we're pretty uniquely positioned. Last thing here, you, you mentioned earlier, you're in a locker room full of dudes that are, you know, not only your peers, your teammates looking at NIL opportunities. Uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, has anybody reached out to French's yellow mustard for an NIL opportunity at Tennessee? Man. Yeah. You know, I think, I think there's, there's a handful of brands that could be, could be hit up for, uh, for opportunities <laughs> after that game. You could go after Titleist, you could go after Dasani, man, you could go after anything, but no, I mean, that's, Pedialyte that's for the cramps. Pedialyte, absolutely. I mean, you could go after anything. 
um, <laughs> after that game. I see, I mean, I've seen that mustard joke through, uh, through basketball. So I've seen it all over the place, but you know, that was honestly, you know, uh, everything that, um, you know, that ended up transpiring that night, whatever, but like that was, you know, I think one of the coolest environments and, uh, you know, atmospheres, um, last season. And, oh, uh, yeah. you know, I've heard that from, you know, different Josh paid, I was talking to for a while and he was like, man, I, you know, I went to a different game every week and I was at the, you know, Michigan, Michigan state as it, you know, Ohio state, Michigan, like I was at all the games and he was like that atmosphere in Knoxville, you know, from when I got there at 10 AM till kickoff at seven was just, you know, what makes college football, you know, what it is and you know what makes the sec what it is when you know you have you have teams that you know have momentum and are are playing good ball you know east and west um you know just what makes it so special and so you know that was that was a really cool one to be a part of um and man i'm i was hoping we could get another rematch this coming season but maybe that'll have to be in atlanta yeah and i was there covering that game it had everything i mean it had you know, like you said, East-West, it's a matchup that doesn't happen a lot. Um, it was two very good teams, um, two young coaches that are really making an impact early at their school. Uh, I mean, you had the villain role of, of Lane Kiffin coming back and, and yeah. just a sold-out crowd. I mean, it was everything, prime time. It was um, – yeah. I've, I've told people it was the best athletic atmosphere I've ever been in. No matter yeah. the sport, no matter the level, I mean, it was, it was, it was wild. Well, and it was, and honestly being there, you know, I've been there, you know, obviously Neyland State with how historic it is, you know, I, you, you hear, you see all, you know, you go date back to, you know, 2016 versus Florida, you know, I know it wasn't in Neyland, but you go back to, you know, Jawan Chinning's catch against George, like, you know, you, you hear about all these great games and I came in in 2017. Um, and unfortunately we haven't had tons of success since then, but, you know, I had kind of been waiting for, you know, a, a monumental game. Like that was one of the first sold out, you know, checkered game that I'd been in and it was my fifth year playing. So like, it was really cool just to see, you know, uh, the environment of, you know, Neyland and, and the stadium like that um, just from a player's perspective, because, you know, there's not many of us left from, from 2017, but, you know, you also just have a lot of guys on that team that, you know, hadn't really seen, you know, their home stadium sold out and energized and packed like that. So, you know, I think it was really good for the sport. I think it was really good for, for obviously Tennessee, but you know, those are the matchups that just kind of make, you know, college football so special, and especially coming off a of COVID year when, you know, you had 15,000 people in stands to be able to come back and produce something like that was just so special. And I think likewise, why, you know, we share such a passion for the sport and what makes it so uniquely special. Yeah. And I would say after that night, I would, if I was a student athlete there, I, I would probably try to reach out to Petros to get an NIL deal. Cause that, yes, it, it got a little chilly that night and that, uh, pun intended chilly. And then yes, that hit the spot to keep me Absolutely, warm. man. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, man. They, they got some, they got some good food in Knoxville. That's for sure. All right, Grant, I'm going to let you go. I know you, you, you got, a, you got a lot of things going on, but, um, before I let you go, tell the folks where they can find you, whether that's Twitter, Instagram, whatever, you know, give a shout out to all your, your businesses, your websites, everything. So let the folks yeah. know where they can find you. Absolutely. It's Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, just at Grant Perking, G-R-A-N-T and last name's a little tricky, but it's F-R-E-R-K-I-N-G. And you can find us at on three NIL, you can find us at on three sports on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And then uh, GTF Enterprises, Metro Straw um, companies I've started uh, previously, but you, you can link us all. But most importantly, on three NIL, 
um, and on three sports. We, uh, we'd appreciate it. We're growing a big thing here. Glad you're a part of it. Zach. Yeah, man, it was a pleasure. That was, uh, man, informative to say the least. So thanks to Grant for joining us. Thanks to you, the listener for joining as well. Shout out to the sponsors that make the show possible. That's going to do it for on committed or on committed, not committed. Um, part of on three sports, OM spirit, uh, like subscribe, leave a review, let us know what you like, what you don't like. So we can keep bringing this product to you twice a week, only once a week this week, because Grayson, uh, will be traveling, but, uh, thanks to Grant for coming on and talking about NIL and, uh, we'll do this again, man. Look forward to it. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.